Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 19 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And we are happy to be with you here today, this April 9th. Are we? Are we happy today to bring it up? <laughs> Why do you say know. that, Jacob? What's got you down? It's, uh, you know, on the day of recording, it's a little, well... It's a little, a little dark, damp outside. Oh, is that right? I, I hadn't noticed the endless rain, wind, and snow mix. 70 mile an hour winds or whatever's <laughs> going on in there. Well, you know, it is what it is. As, they, as the old saying goes, yeah. April showers bring depression. <laughs> it's going to be... That's exactly that's an old old tale that speaks to my heart right there um, it's gonna be a good show today. A, a good thing though is that april 9th is um national name yourself day oh okay so that's something that you get to do for yourself I today already did that once did you yeah. what would your other name be the drizzle 37 yeah but that can't be like your name can it if this was the matrix it would be like if Neo met me, that would be who I was. They'd be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Is there? that right? Yeah. Well, like, what's I up, Drizzle? I did the uh, that rap generator one time to see what my rap name would be. Okay. Which is Lady Cool MS, aka Busy Muffin. <laughs> I don't know about the second one, but the first one. You like Lady Cool, Lady Cool MS? Yeah, Lady Cool MS is well, maybe okay. That one's not good either because I started getting deeper into it with the MS, and I'm like, mm. that's just my initials. Don't make it a dark tale. But if I had to, did a pick, you not like, hear the way I started today with the joke? It's true, you're dark. You've yeah. got your scarf on. Everything is gonna have. I have my scarf tones on. to it. I have my scarf on in April. This is not good. No, it it really is kind of a bummer. We should just move should be on a, because we're gonna make everybody sad. This should be cardigan weather. We're man, just kidding, on. guys. The the end is nigh. It's gonna be great. Okay, so we the last couple episodes we've been talking about biopics and biographies, and there's still so many good ones out there that I thought we should keep talking about it. Oh, oh, and that reminds me, I finally watched Darkest Hour. Oh, did you? I loved it. It's a good movie, isn't it? I thought it was phenomenal. I have to say, I don't know that I would have fallen asleep because I didn't even like the, you know, boardroom, sort of the war room discussions. I didn't really find any of it boring. He's a really fascinating man. Not always a good man. No. Well, but most leaders aren't really. It's true. Like, you have to make really, really hard choices, but... Yeah, great performance. I really, I enjoyed every second of that movie. Gary Oldman was fantastic in that movie. Churchill and his wife are a really magical sort of couple, too. I need to know more about them. They seem to just, every time I've seen him depicted in something, it seems like they really loved each other. You know, whenever I see him depicted, this is actually the first time I actually see anything with him and his wife. It's usually just kind of focused on him, and most mm-hmm. of the times I've seen him in movies. So I don't the, really know that, that much about him. That TV show, him. The Crown, he was Never in. Never watched that one. Um, He's portrayed by John Lithgow, which is really mm. good. But again, him okay. and his wife, I'm like, oh, they're really adorable. John so, Lithgow, huh? Yeah, if anyone really hasn't seen that because they think maybe it's boring, it's not. It's a good movie. It's definitely worth checking out. John Lithgow of Harry and the Hendersons fame. Of, of course, that's that's obviously what he's most well known for. Well, we he know. also has, do you remember he did a Twilight Zone episode? Is in the movie. Oh, is that the movie yeah. where the thing's on the plane wing? Yeah. I feel like that's why I have a fear of flying is because of that. I I'm don't always wait. looking for some sort of gremlin on the wing. Did you ever see the original uh, the original short that that was in the original Twilight Zone? No, time? I didn't. You're not going to guess who played the John Lithgow character. I, I'm not. William Shatner. <laughs> oh, really? So you got to imagine William Shatner hamming it up about there's a thing on the <laughs> wing. 
Like that, well, so you can do William Shatner and Tom Hardy as Bane. These are, are your two skills. That is. Yeah, can the, you the can you tell me what Bane would sound like if he was in that episode? There's a thing on the plane. <laughs> they'd, like, they'd be like, "Is it your plan? Of course." <laughs> You're it's actually how the Dark Knight <laughs> Rises started. You have to be no honest skills. With you. Uh, all right, let's move on. Since we just talked about Darkest Hour. And a country leader. I'm going to start with a movie I'm sure that you've seen. Have you seen The Last King of Scotland? Oh, yeah. Woo! Forrest Whitaker. He won an Oscar um, for that for Best Actor, but it's based on the events of... True um, story. Um, true story of the brutal Ugandan dictator. I forget his name. It's like Idi Amin. Idi Amin, yeah. Idi Amin. Um, and it was just his re- regime. And it's kind of seen through the eyes of his uh, personal physician in the 1970s, who is played by James McAvoy. McAvoy. I always say McAvoy. Is it McAvoy? Uh, I don't know. I guess it goes either way, really. I I feel like I don't do enough, listen to enough interviews with people while they say their names. But so Jimmy A. (laughs) will say, but that is an intense movie. Forrest Whitaker is horrifying. The whole the character, like the guy in real life, is horrifying. I mean, obviously, yes, being a real person is terrible. uh, It's the first time that an actor and his eye were both nominated for best actor. Oh, would you stop it? That is that is hateful. (laughs) That is is hateful. Forrest Whitaker's eye has, you know, he's gotten lots of roles with it. It's got its own Twitter page. It doesn't. It does actually. This is a a hateful world that we live in. (laughs) I don't even want to know about this. I can't imagine if I was famous, the horrible things that people would tear me apart. But it's such a horrifying guy. Like, what do you mean? Just terrifying. That movie leaves you on the edge of your seat. I feel like I should really look and see if there's a book about him. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch. To find out more, like something good. He was actually in the news the other day because he somehow... They took it away from him. But the UN named him like the head of like humanitarian something or other. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. He like was won it because it was like his country's turn in the rotation. Oh. And he got it. And they were like, and everybody pointed out, uh, uh no. Except he tortures people and yeah. he's terrible so in they, every way. He got taken off of that one. Yikes. Probably a wise move by the UN on that Yikes. one. Yikes. Yeah, last king of Scotland. Yeah. It's not set in Scotland, everybody. I just want to point that out. I feel like, you know, some people might be confused by that yeah it's deceiving can i just mention another while i'm in the depressing ones um how about hotel rwanda oh (laughs) that's a true story wow Um, don Cheadle one yeah so don Cheadle plays i might butcher the name a little but it's paul rusabagina rusabagina you know this too i i saw that movie like a couple of times like really in quick see i haven't seen it in such a long time yeah it was actually on recently but yeah that's a great movie. So he is he's a hotel manager in the movie and he's housed over a thousand Tutsi refugees during the struggle against the Hutu uh, militia in Rwanda. What a horrible period of time that was and continues to be of these er- two groups of people who are just like the same people. Yeah, just in the early 90s too, just people going around just completely wiping out everybody just because of what name was on their card. Like machete murder too, not even like Yeah. like light murder. So while it's it's really hard to watch and the story is hard to take in, it's still it's a fascinating movie. Don Cheadle's best work. Although I don't think he won anything for it. He was nominated. Yeah, for but best he didn't win. But still. I don't think he's got any awards. He's like going to be that future Gary Oldman guy, where he's going to do some movie and everybody's going to be like, "Well, we, you know." He I mean, have Don Cheadle's yet. good. I don't think he's as good as Gary Oldman, but he definitely has no, the no, potential. He's not, he's not as good, but it's it's kind of like Sam Rockwell syndrome. It's like, wow, he hasn't won anything yet. That's a little surprising. Let's well, it's now it he him. did. Well, now he did. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, it took long enough. He's the next one up, apparently. All right, what do you got for us? Uh, you know what? I am going to switch it up a little bit. So, unfortunately. 
Uh, one of the biggest action stars in the world, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is recovering from open heart surgery, emergency open heart surgery. He just good, did. Good luck, Arnie. He turned 70. Did you know that? 70 years old now. I'd believe it. He's an old man. I believe in the passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go back to when he first, before he even got big, for the movie uh, Pumping Iron from 1977. Wow. It is the first movie that he appears in, but it is actually like a biopic of the 1975 Mr. Universe and Mr. Olympia competitions where him and um, oh, the guy who played the Hulk, like the original one, Lou Ferrigno. Okay. Yeah. Um, they were the top two competitors, and it's a story about like both of their um, drives to become Mr. Universe and Mr. Olympia, and it is a lot better than you would think it would be, actually. Um, Schwarzenegger, not the good guy in this movie. He okay. He's like the villain, quote-unquote, because he's like the, the star of the show. But you could tell even way back then, like there's something, there's something with this guy. There's some charisma going on here. And even if you're not interested in bodybuilding itself, like watching the stories of these guys, um, the way it's shot, and just you know Schwarzenegger's natural charisma, it's definitely one worth checking out. And it's amazing to think that he went from being a bodybuilder to the biggest movie star in the world to governor to yeah. He has a really fascinating story. I would never have thought of watching that movie, but it's worth it's checking good. out. It, you know, you can check it out here at the library. I figured also. when you were talking about. Um, biographies that he was in, I assumed it would be twins because I assume oh, that's a, that's a, a true story in you know, my heart. Did you hear that triplets is the script is ready and they might start filming soon? Stop it. No, I'm serious. Does it have him and Danny DeVito in it? Yeah. And, and Eddie, who's Eddie Murphy? <laughs> that's the third one. That is, they've been talking about it for years. <laughs> News just started popping up in the last month or so. Oh, that's just silly. Look forward to it. But I obviously will look forward to it. Um, okay, what I'm going to bring it down to Sad Town. It's where I like to reside. It's where I'm most comfortable. Nice. This is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's pretty old now, but did you ever see Awakenings? It has Robin yeah. Williams yeah, and Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, that is an incredible film. So it takes place in a hospital, and it has the victims of this epidemic. I think it's called like encephalitis, I yeah. think is what uh, many of the patients have. And... When they got this, what it does is it it puts them into a catatonic state, like since they got it. So for years, you know, they can't talk. They can barely move. Um, And Robin Williams is a doctor, and he's coming out with this new drug that offers the prospect of reviving them. And Robert De Niro is one of the patients who takes this drug and literally just starts to wake up because while they've been kind of trapped in their body, their mind has been fine. Like they've been themselves. They just haven't been able to talk or move. Um, it's kind of about him getting his life back, seeing all the things that he missed. But as all things in life, it doesn't necessarily end on on no, the happiest note. But it's a sad, sad movie. But but it's really beautiful too. One of those horrifying diseases to even think about. Like yeah, your whole body just shuts it. down. Yeah. But yeah, like it's one of those movies where they first found out that Robin Williams was actually like a pretty good actor. Like, I love and then it was like all his serious stuff has been really wonderful. Like Dead Poets Society was fantastic, Goodwill Hunting. Like mm-hmm. he he didn't have to just be like the crazy man. Yeah, you're oh, like you Robin see, Williams. Yeah, you see Robin Williams with a beard, you're like, Oh, really? you know, it's stuff. really true. <laughs> it's like when you see Ben Stiller with a mustache, you're like, This is gonna be some good comedy right The here. only thing with Robin Williams is I didn't like his like psychological thrillers. Like one hour photo. One hour stuff. photo. Was he in that Insomniac? Yes. In that yeah, like Christopher Nolan's first American movie. I, I really didn't like either of those roles. Not, so not I great. like I like my Robin Williams as playing like a professor or a doctor or something like, like that. Yeah, I like I like my happy Robin Williams. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't want to go to the other ones. Okay. 
Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go a little bit more artsy this time. Ooh, cause I'm, you fancy. I am. I am going with the New World by Terrence Malick, oh, which is yeah. the biopic of uh, Pocahontas, John Smith, and John Rolfe. That is one beautiful movie oh, to look at. Hypnotic to watch at times. Like most Terrence Malick movies are. They're just the old Terrence Malick. He's he's been kind of more more yeah. hit more missed than hit lately. Yeah, well, since he got like started doing all movies with Brad Pitt. Like over and over again. I think his last. Two oh no! See, I loved Tree of Life. I thought was also extraordinary. But he did like To the Wonder. I think has Ben Affleck, mm. and that wasn't great. He did like a Christian Bale one recently. Yeah, it's also true. not as good. But like Thin Red Line, Days of Heaven. Um, but yeah, New World. Um, yeah, New World. It's just like the way it looks. Like it takes you back to when the first settlers came. Uh, I assume most people know the story of Pocahontas uh, from the Disney cartoon, if from nothing else. Um, but it's like the story of when the English settlers came over to establish the first colony uh, in Jamestown and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, John Smith, played by Colin Farrell, who we always talk about, criminally underrated actor. Because he, I don't think he always chooses the right roles. Yeah, his, all, none of his movies make money, so nobody ever sees him in anything. And then when he does do something, it's like, he's good in it, but then... The movie itself maybe isn't great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Colin Farrell plays John Smith, and um, you know it's about their love story and how that doesn't exactly go as planned. It's really so pretty, you guys. Only Terrence Malick, the way, I mean, every frame that he shoots is kind of like an art piece. Mm-hmm. It's like a painting a lot of the time. And yeah. then like there's a, like dream qualities to like the the way it all looks. It tells the story, um, the actual story about how, and it gives you an idea what it was probably like to live in that time. Yeah, I mean, exactly it's slow. I think that's a part of the problem with his films that people don't love them because they're really slow and long they're long they don't always explain everything like so i assume you didn't like tree of life no Did i you? didn't really care for See, that one. and i was extremely moved by tree of life but i saw it in theaters and i actually watched people like every half hour people would like leave Mm, that's not surprising. And I was like, I'm just really into these space scenes and the dinosaurs. Yeah, like, really what mean. is going on? No, here? I really like him. That's a really good choice. Yeah, what Everybody do you should definitely check that out. I'm going to do a few where um, people won Best Actor or Best Actress Oscar awards for playing gay characters. All right. Okay, so I'm going to start with one of the first ones I saw. Definitely the first um, Hillary Swank movie I saw, but Boys Don't Cry. All right. That's a. It's a a rough one. one. Another rough one. So it's about female-born Tina Brandon, and she adopts uh, this male identity of Brandon Tina because she's transgender and attempts to find himself love in Nebraska. He finds a lot of just... I don't even know, unaccepting people. When I think they, that's, a, that's a nice way to put it. You know, it. he does kind of find love with Chloe Zvegny, um, Sarsgaard, Pierce Sarsgaard's in that movie, right? Yeah, I think he's he is, the, yeah. He's like... One of the jerks. One of, one of the jerks, to say lightly. It is an incredible performance. I mean, that's when one Hillary of, Swank came out and you were just like, wow. She was on fire at that time. That was like Million Dollar Baby years where she's just like cranking out huge performances. Yeah, when she portrays someone real, I feel like she really... Although, as a man, she really looked like Matt Damon. Yeah, you need to watch did. the movie just to see how much Hillary Swank actually looks like Matt Damon. Now that you mention it, that is a little bit a young Matt Damon, too. It's a little scary. It's a little see. scary. It's really close. Um, so then I'll move on to a movie you did not love, but he did win Best Actor for Milk. Yeah. So Sean Penn was portraying Harvey Milk in 1972. Um, and it's when he goes to San Francisco and he's really you know determined to accomplish something meaningful in his life. So in 1977, he becomes the nation's first openly gay man elected uh, to public office, and he wins a seat on the Board of Supervisors. And very sadly, um, 
this is no spoilers. I feel like people know the life of Harvey Milk, but the following year he is assassinated. So it's a kind of about that small period um, in his life. It has um, his then lover, Scott Smith, in it, played by James Franco, who we're obsessed Franco. with. Apparently, we don't know who we are, but he always comes up in every like episode. Apparently, our favorite actor. You know, Apparently, we don't even know it yet. You know what? And there's like a 50-50 chance we could probably get him on the show if we like Twitter. I'm like, hey, you want to be on the show? It's no, probably true. Right, yeah, sure. <laughs> Tom will put him on Instagram. Yeah. Um, oh, that'll get him for sure. I, then I'm going to move on to Capote. Philip oh. Seymour Hoffman's Oscar win. I actually had that, up, had that on my list. Local boy from Fairport, in case is, you did not know. I didn't. Yeah, he's local guy. I loved him so much. I know. All, of, all the good actors from Buffalo just disappear on us, man. Well. Hang in there, William Thickner. Yeah, we still have wait, Christina. No, not Christina Bransky's not from here. Yeah, she is. Is she? Is that mm-hmm. her? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, she's, her she's and, going strong. Yeah, the dude from Shawshank Redemption. What dude? Um, just one, the dude. one of the inmates. I can't remember his name. You know the guy from Law and Order, Jesse. Is his name Jesse Owens? The guy who from the Olympics? No. Oh I, man, I know you're talking we're, about. But we're garbage. You know get, who I'm talking about. We're getting off. The best Sorry. Time. Anyway, back, back to, Capote. to Capote. So in 1959, Truman Capote learned of the murder of a Kansas family and decides to write a book about the case, which I will say is an amazing book. It's Everybody should read in uh, in, in cold, cold blood. blood, right? Yeah. And so while researching for his novel, he forms a relationship with one of the killers, Perry Smith, who's on death row, and he's constantly going to the jail and interviewing him and talking to him. Truman Capote was a really fascinating man in himself, and the, the portrayal by Hoffman is pretty spot on. Like, if you don't know Capote, I feel like the movie starts, and you're like, what is this character and voice that Philip Seymour Hoffman is doing? Yeah, like, that's a and weird then you're like, choice. oh, no, that's just exactly who... Truman Capote is. I think he's got to be weird. I was like, oh, you hope you get a character that doesn't have a weird, like, kind of inflection or something. But it's like, no, you got to do it. This actually, there was two one that came out the same time for Co- Truman Capote, right? Oh, I don't I feel remember. like there was a Toby Jones movie or something oh, that came yeah, out. I don't think that did. Not as good. <laughs> Not as well. Not as good. But, you know, against Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's, one of the best actors of his time. It's you know. difficult. And then the last one, a, a well-deserved... Um, Oscar win for Best Actress for Charlize Theron in Monster, ah. where Charlize Theron is not Charlize Theron. She has really captured um, the character of Aileen, who is a Daytona Beach prostitute who ends up becoming a serial killer. You know, a feel-good story. That's <laughs> really? just how it goes. It's rough, especially because sometimes it puts you in a position where you're like, I mean, what she's doing is horrible, but you're like... I get it. Yes. I get where she's coming from. Her life has been awful, and she's kind of done. But the transformation of Charlize Theron into her is unbelievable. Yeah, you won't even believe that it's her watching the movie. Like, and it's not just the prosthetics that sell the film. I mean, she acts She yeah. acts the heck out you know, of that movie. People like didn't think there was going to be much to her, considering she's an ex-Playboy Playmate of the Year. But mm-hmm. she actually turned into one of the top, if one of the top actresses in Hollywood now. Like you put her in something action movie, comedies, dramas. And she plays such a good nasty woman. Yeah, like she has the best attitude. I would not mess with her in real life. I, I mean, feel like she would let you have it. My God, she was the villain in the latest Fast and the Furious movie. That tells you what level you have to be at as a female if you're, they got you going against eight dudes and you're still coming out on top on that yeah she's awesome not an easy spot to be in all right i'm gonna throw a special a quick shout out real quick to to our main man mel gibson who as we know friend of the show (laughs) stop it but he actually you know say say what you know not poor mel i take that back mel (laughs) mel's got everything that was coming to him uh, you know aside from all of his off camera stuff which is Mm -hmm. questionable at best he is a heck of a director and a heck of a 
okay actor, but he's he, a real he's good director. He's done some good, some good stuff. Um, but he also is very, some of his best work actually comes in the biopic area. So he actually has four, and I've seen them all, and they're all very good. And wow. He dire- he I can't think of them off the top of my head, so I'm excited to hear them. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. If you have oh, not I didn't seen see it, that. You really should watch that should movie. I? It is surprisingly good. I didn't think I was going to like it. All right. Because um, I felt first, like I wasn't going to like it. First half is your you know, war drama. It's about, I can't remember the soldier's name, but a soldier who sues the U.S. government because he is anti-violence because mm-hmm. of his religious beliefs. So he wants he sues for the right to not have to carry a weapon into combat. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, uh, okay. I mean, you're going to you know, probably <laughs> die. Dumb, you're but... a medic, but if you don't want to bring a gun into war. But he actually ended up... Uh, you know, being a medic, uh, he kept his views the entire time. He ended up end up winning the Medal of Honor during this huge battle scene because he saved something like thirty soldiers um, while they're injured on the battlefield without a weapon. It's pretty amazing. Pretty good biopic worth right. checking out. Um, it was also for Best Picture. Uh, Braveheart, of course, story of William Wallace. What a best, great movie! Best Picture, and his, I think he picked up a Best Director uh, Academy Award for that movie as well. They'll never take our freedom. <laughs> um, <laughs> Passion of the Christ, you know, that, whether that's a biopic, that's up for personal belief. But the movie itself, one I of the biggest movies of all time. I heard it was extremely, unbelievably brutal to watch, though. That all, he went really over the top. All Mel Gibson movies are ridiculously violent. It's a thing that he has. Like, like Apocalypto. Oh, yeah. They're just that's a great brutal. Movie. It's a great movie, but yeah. they are brutal. Anytime Mel Gibson makes a movie, he is making sure people get blown to bits. Yeah. And then We Were Soldiers. Uh, first ba- story of the first battle of the Vietnam War. And I'm trying to think if I saw that. That is ab- above and beyond. It's one of the best action movies you ever see. It Hang is. On, let me, th- I'm writing it down. Thirty minutes of setup, two hours of a nonstop battle. What scene. is the movie where he's like a colonial soldier? I feel the Patriot. Oh, that one. That was yeah, a good movie. That was a good movie too. Okay, not but a not biopic. A, not so a biopic. didn't really fit this one. But Mel Gibson, you know, great director, decent actor, horrible human being. But definitely somebody worth checking out his biopic selection. <laughs> See, we, 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 if, it, if it's in the movies, we, ex- we accept all. Um, He's the like, 11th most dangerous thing to come out of Australia. Something to think about. <laughs> you say the dumbest stuff, and I like it so much. <laughs> all right, moving on. I'm going to do a couple music ones. So I think my favorite portrayal in a music film, when she won Best uh, Actress Oscar, is the movie La Vie and Rose. Okay. Have you seen that? Uh, the Marion Colletard movie, right? Yep, About where it. she plays the French singer Edith Piaf. Um, so Piaf was raised by her grandmother in a brothel and was discovered singing on a street corner at the age of 19. She became hugely successful, um, and her life was definitely just pretty much filled with tragedy um, okay. after that. But just that movie it's a it's a wonderful portrayal the music is really beautiful i mean she does such a good job it was the first coltiard film that i had seen For, I think. me too and yeah and she really you know very happy they introduced me to her she's a fabulous actress yeah so check it out even though you know there's some french read through it it's great and then also another one where i can't remember if you said you weren't crazy about best um actor oscar win for the movie ray yeah for jamie fox you didn't love jamie fox in no this. You know what? It might be some personal bias because I still kind of look at Jamie Foxx and I see Wanda from In Living Color. <laughs> that's a long, that's a long time ago. But it is about the career, the in the life of uh, Ray Charles, which I think everyone knows, kind of about his beginnings in the South, um, where he, where I learned he went blind at age seven. I definitely thought he was always blind. I did too. That so one, I was like, that was oh, revelation. that's almost worse. And then his his huge rise to stardom during the fifties and sixties, and again his just daily life struggles. Um, but I really felt like 
Jamie Foxx became him. Like he looked like him. He moved like him. He sounded like him. He did. He, he definitely the put the work time. into yeah. it. So it's worth checking out. It's a good breakout performance, you know. Get away from that comedy route. He definitely pulled that off for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then he's been cast in a lot of serious stuff since then. Like he's definitely taken more seriously. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to knock out some quick. As a gamer, I feel like I got to bust out a couple biopics and uh, books here for us. So uh, King of Kong, a documentary from a couple of years ago. I love that documentary. <laughs> About Bill, the uh, battle between Billy Mitchell, the undisputed best um, Donkey Kong player in the world. When we do a documentary episode, we're going to talk about that one more. <laughs> and uh, Steve Wiebe and Twin Galaxies. Great mm-hmm. movie. If you, as you watch this guy try to break the record, just I didn't. It's such, so much fun to watch. Like, yeah, and I don't even like Donkey Kong. But <laughs> uh, and then I got three books here on gaming: uh, Console Wars, um, Sega and Nintendo, and the Battle that Defined a Generation. Book that's about the battle between Sega and Nintendo when video games were first taking off, like way back in the late '80s, early '90s. Okay. Um, Masters of Doom: How Two Guys Created an Empire and Transformed Pop Culture. That one's about the creators of id Software, uh, the guys who created Doom which was the most popular computer game of all time since it was a free download, and created the first-person shooter, which is the number one genre in video games today. And Super Mario, How Nintendo Conquered America. Pretty self-explanatory what that one's about. It's just about how Nintendo became the dominant video game company, a, com- a spot that they still keep today. You know, They're still in business. They're still making a ton of money. The Nintendo Switch, it looks like it's going to be the surprise best generation console. So Wow. Definitely three books we're checking Those out. Those sound good. And then you can go to the theaters and see Ready Player One. Exactly. It all, <laughs> it all, it all, it all falls it all right in. into place together there. That's great. I'm going to do a couple that I think make me feel good now instead of always ones that make me feel terrible. Awesome. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Pursuit of Happiness. With, the, the with Will Smith Will Smith, one? yep. Where it's just about a struggling salesman. He ends up taking custody of his son, and he is homeless. And it's about him just kind of beginning this life-changing professional uh, career. It's really well done. It's Will Smith, movie. I feel like, actually becomes the character and isn't just Will Smith, which I see him in a lot of films. Which, which is hard for him to do. Yes, he like, is just like the fresh prince no matter what he's doing. He's got like Tom Cruise syndrome. No matter what they do, it's just like, well, I feel that way that with person. Brad Pitt recently, too. Yep. Like, he used to be... A character, but now you're like, ah. It's Brad Pitt doing something. It's Brad Pitt, which is a bummer when you get to be hugely famous in that way. It's a double-edged sword. I feel like I'd read something with Ed Norton who never, like, people are like, oh, he's the worst to interview because he doesn't tell you anything. And he's like, yeah, that's why I can be cast in all sorts of different movies because nobody knows anything about me. And I don't want to be pigeonholed into, like, being a certain person. Everybody knows one thing about him. He's an epic jerk, apparently, on sets. People. Is that true? Yeah, that's he got. That's why he got fired by Marvel as the Incredible Hulk because he's apparently a jerk. He was like, I want. I want to hear that. Yeah, he's like, I want to be paid as much as Robert Downey Jr. because I'm just as big of a star as him. And they're like, you are not. Did he make them bite the curb? Nah, he should have. <laughs> well, I don't like that story. So that's sad. I'm gonna move. Is that on. a true story? You're gonna make people think that. Edward Norton's out there giving people Kirby's, which he is not. No, that, that that was not a biopic. But anyway, all right. Well, and then also Joyful. Did you ever see Fly Away Home? Yes, with oh, Anna Paquin. That's so good. So it's a Those father ducks, and, a, and a daughter. They decide to attempt to lead this flock of orphaned Canadian geese south, but they have to fly. So they like fly, they create like an apparatus to fly with these ducks because they fall in love with this little girl because when they're babies, they really imprint on the first mm-hmm. thing that they see, no matter what it is. Um, just go see that. Watch it with your family and hold hands and feel really happy about it. 
get all these ducks going. There's a couple more that I want to do. You want to like throw one more in, and then I'll I'll close it out with a couple. I still sure. have like a hundred more, but this will be the last episode of Biopics. We, we for assure a while. you, we can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Straight Out of Compton, the story of N.W.A. So good. Um, just a great um, movie by uh, F. Gary Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, tells a story about the first rap supergroup, um, Ice Cube, uh, Dr. Dre, um, Easy E. How they basically changed the way pop culture. It actually made. Because they're, you know, if you haven't heard their songs, they're a little bit rough on the language at times. So oh, people, is that right? Yeah. So people were kind of <laughs> like saying, "This is obscene. This isn't real art." But then, as we know now with rap, you know, it they were trying to tell a message. They had a story behind what they were trying to say. Yeah, definitely. And if they just kind of got past their presentation, how they, the words that they were trying to say, you know, that's way to point out. And some Ice Cube's son is in it. Ice Cube's son playing Ice Cube. It's amazing. Yeah. He looks just like him. He does. Sounds <laughs> like works. him. Acts like him. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that works really well. All right, that's super good. So then I'm going to end it with three quick ones because they're all kind of related. Um, if you haven't seen the movie Elizabeth uh, with Kate Blanchett, where she plays Elizabeth Tudor as she becomes queen in 1558, she won a Best Actress Oscar for that. That's wonderful. And then it moves on well, to the King's Speech. So her relatives, I'm trying to think that's her... Great, 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 great grandson. Grandson, sure. <laughs> right around there. Can't f- there's a couple greats in there. There's a couple. Um, so... Colin Firth plays King George VI, um, and it's about his kind of impromptu accession to the throne after his brother abdicated, and the speech therapist that had to help him because he had a terrible stutter mm-hmm. his entire life, and he had to give like this speech on air. Um, that's a really great film. Helen Helena Bottom Carter, she does a great job. She doesn't get enough serious roles. She, she really did. can shine when Tim Burton isn't. Yeah, directing when she, her when she gets to do her own thing and not have yeah. to like look at the hubby while she's doing stuff. Um, and then, and this is because lately I've been watching The Crown on Netflix, so this is all in my head. But then I also recommend The Queen, another Best Actress Oscar winning for Helen Mirren, and it's about it's kind of a small period of time, but the uh, Queen Elizabeth II, and it's following the death of Princess Diana. And it's kind of how her and Prime Minister Tony Blair, who's played really well by Michael Sheen, and they struggle to kind of reach a compromise on how the royal family should publicly respond to the to the tragedy. And it also, watching The Crown, which is about her younger when she first becomes queen, it really helps me understand like just her personality and how difficult it was for her to kind of go out into the public. Like She's a really private person. Um, she's shy. She's introverted. So I think, you know, people think that makes... Like, oh, she has a bad attitude or she doesn't mm. like this or that. But it's like, well, this is just like a hard life for someone who didn't really want the spotlight. Yeah. And, I mean, and never should have had it, never no, expected it. But when her uncle abdicated, it just kind of threw her in that path. So those are great royal films. We have many more. But, of course, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, we are out of time. We're out of so, time, Jacob. So. so remember, folks, you can pick all these up at your local library. Go get them. Don't forget to check us out on uh, the library's Twitter page. Yeah, and yeah, go to the library's website, buffalolib.org. Boop, boop, boop. Do all of it up. Let us know what you think. Send us a message if you have any questions or, yeah. co- or comments. Subscribe us to know. us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You got it. And I can't talk about my mom's rating anymore because sh- she texted me that it made her upset. Oh, so my really? mom is great. And she rates things fine. I would say she's a two out of five. Stop it right now. (laughs) Judy's not going to appreciate that. Um, And because I think this is a good time for us to discuss this because we just ended the show with some of these films about royalty um, and it fits our season. But Jacob, what is a queen's favorite kind of precipitation? 
rain. Oh my god. You get it? Oh. You get the spelling? Wait, you don't you don't get it. Here, let me make it easier for you. What is a king's favorite kind of precipitation? Hail. <laughs> I, like it is not a video podcast. There's we're not we're not friends here. in real life. He only sits with me for this and then ignores me. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Bye.